0: Thanks, Sue. Good morning, everyone. Uh, for our guest, my name's Anton, and we are continuing our series through Mark's biography of Jesus. In our... Uh, continuing through the Gospel of Mark in our series, The Kingdom Comes Near. Now, if the kingdom is coming near, uh, if the Christian faith is all about coming under a king, well, that means that there's going to be lots of rules, Right? We're going to need to follow uh, the laws of the king. How do you feel about that? Is that what the kingdom is all about? Uh, Well, in the section that we're going to look at from our reading today, we meet some legalists, people who are all about the rules. Legalists think that the rules are the heart of the kingdom. I wonder if there's any... Any legalist in your heart? Are the rules the key thing when you uh, that you think of when you look at the Christian faith? Maybe not all the time, but sometimes. Maybe if you're, if there are times when you relate to God out of fear, because you're afraid if you stuff up and break the rules and He's going to be unhappy with you. Maybe that's your experience sometimes. Or maybe you're here. Maybe you're not a follower of God. Because you think that if you follow God, you've got all these rules to follow. Well, that's an aspect of being a legalist as well. You think that being a Christian is keeping all the rules. Uh, Well, in our passage today, we'll meet some legalists who were unapologetic about it. And through their error, we're going to see what the kingdom is really about. So let's come and see. I open up again to Mark chapter 2, and uh, the bit that we're going to focus on starts in verse 23. So Mark chapter 2, verse 23, which starts, one Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields and his disciples walked along. uh, And as they walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, look, look. Why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? Okay, so we've got Jesus and his disciples walking through a grain field, super hungry. So they pick some heads of grain to eat. The Pharisees, remember these are the the, the Jews that were particularly stringent on religious purity. They see them do this and say, hey, you aren't allowed to do that on the Sabbath. It's the Jewish day of rest. How dare you work by picking grain on the sabbath. So conflict straight away. We've got uh, hungry disciples picking grain on the sabbath and angry pharisees saying that's against the Jewish law. Now you may be thinking, well these are these sabbath laws, these are silly, aren't they? You know, if you can't even get food when you're hungry, you know no, no wonder we don't follow the sabbath these days. Well, let's have a look at what the Bible actually says about the sabbath. And see what's going on here. So, for the Old Testament people of God, God instituted the Sabbath as a weekly day of rest. It was a day to down tools across the Jewish nation. And to make sure that the people observed the Sabbath, God put in place restrictions on what you can't do on the Sabbath. So we read from the Ten Commandments in Exodus... Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath day to the Lord your God. On it you shall, do, you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. See the restriction there? The restriction was to do no regular work on the Sabbath. Uh, Because it was a day for the Lord. But as far as restrictions goes, that's about it. In the Bible, in the Old Testament, that's about all the, all the guidance that they were, were given. No regular work. The seventh day is, the Sabbath is to be holy to God. Don't do regular work on that day. However, by Jesus' time, the religious leaders had put in place all these Extra rules, kind of move the boundary uh, fence out, so that you didn't do anything that even resembled work on the Sabbath. So, in the Jewish uh, Mishnah text, thirty-nine classes of work are listed, not to do on the Sabbath. Some are obvious, like ploughing or hunting. Others are a bit more random. No tying of knots. You can you can uh, you can do one stitch, but not many stitches. Uh, you could write one letter, but not multiple letters. And plucking heads of grain was one of those extra things. And so, on this day, the Pharisees are so concerned about keeping all these extra rules added on, and seemingly so unconcerned about the well-being of the disciples, that they accuse them of breaking the Jewish law. So, you know, we can laugh at their, or you know, uh, at their attitude, but we can be like that too sometimes. We can feel so right and look down on others being so wrong when it comes to rules. We've all got a bit of legalism in us. Uh, so one morning this week, I was driving my uh, eldest daughter to school down Epping Road. And uh, my youngest had gotten up early, so, I, so she wanted to come along with me. So she was in the back. And I thought, oh, great. I can use the T3 lane, you know, the transit lane, uh, because I had three in the car. And as I was driving along the left-hand lane, I felt so smug because I I could be in that lane. And I was looking ahead at all the cars in the lane ahead of me, and I was going, I bet you don't have three people in your car. (laughs) We love to pick up others, at least in our own minds, when they aren't following the rules, just like the Pharisees here. But Jesus gets annoyed at them, because they aren't focused on God or the actual requirements of God. They're just concerned about the rules. And Jesus reminds them of an event from their history, from 1 Samuel 21, where David, the great king of Israel, he seemingly breaks the rules when his men are starving, but he was allowed to eat the special holy bread from the tabernacle. If David has that authority, how much more can the disciples of Jesus, the true king, eat grain on the Sabbath? But then Jesus says something totally profound. And so profound, this may thoroughly change the way that you see God and his laws. Jesus said, the Sabbath was made for people, not people for the Sabbath. God didn't give the Old Testament people the Sabbath just as a rule to obey People were not made just to obey the Sabbath rule. It's not an arbitrary rule that God wanted them to follow, demanded them to follow. That's not what it's there for. And maybe you think about God's laws in that way in some aspect. I have a think, is there, is there something that is in the Bible, is there a rule in Christianity that you go, well, what on earth is that rule about? Why has God chosen that rule, that standard? Are we just to to follow it and believe it just for the sake of it. Can you think of a rule like that? Well, here Jesus is saying God's law is not just there as the hoops God wants people to jump through. Jesus is saying this is, the rules aren't the test to see whether you pass to get into heaven. That's not what God's laws are for. Jesus says the Sabbath was made for people. The Sabbath was instituted for the good of God's Old Testament people. You know, we can grumble about the rules that we follow in society today. Oh, do I have, you know, school zone, have to go 40. Laws can be, you know, we can't kind of have that immediate negative reaction to a law. But of course, laws can be really good. You know, there's a reason for the school zone law, so that children are protected. That's, that's a good thing. And every law that God has instituted is good for those he made it for. Do you believe that of all the things that the Bible teaches, even the law that you're thinking about before? The Bible says God's laws are good for his people. So let's have a look at the Sabbath for Old Testament Israelites. Uh, again, back in Exodus 20. Firstly, for Israel, when they lived in the Promised Land, the Sabbath was actually a day of showing mercy. You see, all on that day, no one is to work. And that was completely countercultural, because all in the, all, in the nations around them, the servants and the work animals, they would never be given a day off. They were the servants. You know, the the, the elite might take a day off, and, but the servants would do all the work. Yet here, this command is for the whole Israelite community. They're all shown, they're all given a day off, a day of mercy. Everyone's, everyone's to do a day without their regular work. How merciful of God to even give slaves and work animals a day off. The Sabbath displayed God's concern, concern for all the people that He has redeemed. It was a day for showing mercy. Also, though, the Sabbath reflects the fabric of creation. Even God chose to rest from his creating work. And so part of our design as his creation is that we are designed to rest. We aren't just designed to keep going. We are not what we do. The Sabbath allows this down tools moment each week that we are made for. But also it's a holy day to God. It's a, it's not just a, you know, it's not designed as kind of just a day off to enjoy, indulge yourself or it's not necessarily a family day. It was a Sabbath day to God. It was God's claim of lordship over Israel's time. God was to be king over their time if the kingdom uh, was uh, if, they, if they were in god's kingdom then he must be king over there relationships yes their money yes but also their time and so it was a time to devote uh to the lord to depend on him to provide it's a day of active dependence on god saying okay i won't harvest today i won't hunt today i'll rely on the lord to rep- to provide i'll trust him And finally, it was the day to remember God's salvation. Uh, In Deuteronomy, it says, Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your, your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath. The Sabbath was a time to remember that God had saved his people. Because God had saved them from the work and burden of slavery to bring them to the rest of the promised land. Every Sabbath was to be a remembering day of all that God had done for them. So all these things were good for the people of Israel. The Sabbath was made for God's people to flourish. But Jesus says something even more astounding. He says, so the son of man is even Lord of the Sabbath. Jesus is claiming that he, he's the son of man, is Lord even of the Sabbath. He has authority over this law. He's got the authority to show what it's truly about. And he demonstrates this in the next little episode when he goes into a synagogue. Have a look at the start of chapter three. It's another Sabbath day regular crowd in a synagogue, uh, but including a man with a deformed hand. And some were looking to accuse Jesus, the so legalists again, you know, will Jesus do the work of healing on the Sabbath? Have a look at verse four. Then Jesus asked them, which is lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? And in pondering that question, Jesus healed the man's hand, completely restored. The Pharisees with their added rules thought the Sabbath was all about keeping them. But Jesus, Lord of the Sabbath, knows what it's all about. As we've seen, it's a day for showing mercy, of refreshing and giving life and remembering salvation. And so Jesus shows mercy to this guy, restores his hand. And just in that little moment, we get a glimpse of the ultimate rest that Jesus brings. The Pharisees thought the Sabbath was all about keeping the law. And so, ironically, they hate Jesus for his actions. But Jesus shows the Sabbath is all about him. The Sabbath law points to him as the one who says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. Jesus is the true rest from God. Rest from measuring your life with, according to how you're going with the rules. The rest of receiving mercy and salvation from God. The Sabbath is all pointing to Jesus. And so from God's word today, we've got two implications. Uh, Firstly, where does that leave us with The Sabbath, if it can be so fraught with uh, how we approach the Sabbath in terms of are we being a legalist or are we, where does that lead us? Well, with any Old Testament law in the Bible, we need to be a little bit, uh, a little bit careful, uh, because all the laws of the Old Testament uh, were given to God's Old Covenant people, the nation of Israel, and they were largely there to help govern the nation there were the rules that uh, uh and the laws that the nation of Israel were to live by in the promised land and so as God's new covenant people today not israelites not uh, in the promised land we just can't take the laws and apply them directly to us we need to do a little bit more thinking about how the bible works and so when you read the old and the new testament together you find that some laws are affirmed in the new testament exactly the same as the old testament so honour your father and mother to children, same thing as, uh, as for the new covenant people now. But what about the food laws? Well, a little bit later on in Mark's gospel, we'll see that Jesus declares all foods clean. So what was unlawful for the Old Testament people of God in the nation of Israel? Well, that doesn't transfer through to Christians today which is good, we can bacon it up all that we like. (laughs) Jesus does something else to some laws. He expands on them. So the law, do not murder. Jesus expands to, no, don't even hold anger against your Christian brother or sister. So we need to think carefully about how the Bible treats the various laws uh, in the Old Testament in terms of how we observe them today. But what about the Sabbath? Jesus never commands us to keep his to keep this law. We don't see any of the apostles uh, writing, you know, they they tell us to do all sorts of things, but not keep the Sabbath. So do we need, as Christians, need to keep the Sabbath? Well, not as Israel did. It's a law given under the old covenant for the Israelite community. Jesus doesn't affirm the Sabbath law, but instead he uses the Sabbath law to point to himself, to say, come to me, I'm the true rest that that law pointed to. And so this is a time not to be legalistic. There's no longer a strict 24-hour period that we must take as a Sabbath and we must put all these uh, things in place so that we don't do any, any, uh, any work However, the Sabbath was made for people. It's part of the fabric of how God made the world. And philosopher H. H. Farmer says if you go against the grain of the universe, you get splinters. The Sabbath is part of the grain of the universe, how God has made us. We are made to rest. Our ultimate rest is to find relationship with Jesus but also to rest regularly. So for God's people today, the Sabbath isn't a rule to keep. How good is that? But it is God's wisdom for our lives. Because we can take so much pride in running hard, can't we? We want to rush through life, get on to the next thing. You know, when someone's asked you, oh, how's life? Often we can say, oh, life's so hectic. And, you know, it is hectic. But we'd much rather hectic as opposed to having to honestly answer, oh, not much is on right now. Busy is a badge of pride for us. But that's not the way God made us. Uh, My own example, the weeks of May were probably my busiest weeks of the year so far in terms of work here, you know, the long-term planning things and lots of uh, night meetings and stuff like that. And uh, what a coincidence. I got sick in the middle of it all. Uh, taking a time of Sabbath, taking time to do no regular work, that's God's gift to us. And this is not just, oh, I, good, I get to have some more me time. Or, or I'll, oh, okay, I'll, I'll take a day off and get all the, get all the errands done or fix the garden as I've been planning to do. It's about not doing what you regularly do in order to let God rule over your time. It's about having time to remember the salvation and mercy God has given us in Jesus. It's about deliberately not doing what needs doing so that we can trust God with it. So is there time in your week Where you put the phone down. Where you close the laptop. Where you leave the washing in the machine. Having time each week to actually stop. To not rush through life. But to still trust God that he will provide. You can hear it. Uh, And having time to remember on the Lord's salvation. That's why coming to church is a great part of a Sabbath. Sabbath to worship God, to show love and mercy to one another, to remember what Jesus has done for us. Friends, we've been saved from the work of self-justification and saved for the rest of Jesus justifying us. Is remembering this part of our weekly rest? So friends, do you have a regular period of rest and remembrance for yourself and your family? Do we have this for our kids? Or have we allowed them to be loaded up with too many activities that they don't get the blessing of Sabbath? Now this, you know, this passage has really made Katie and me think, where do we have time in our week to stop? You know, can we set a period of time aside to not do our ordinary work? to rest and to remember all that God has done. So this side of Jesus, we don't have a rule to follow. The Sabbath is not designed to be a burden of, oh, we must do it. But it's God's wisdom for you in your life. The Sabbath was made for you and me. Will we live by God's wisdom? And finally, and probably this is at the heart of uh, where we are at today, uh, what the passage is saying today. Where does God? Where does all this leave us with God's law? Where does all this leave us with God's law? Uh, the, parent, the passage here is warning us against being legalistic. And again, there's two ways of being a, a legalist. It's, well, the main way is that it's seeing the rules at the heart of Christianity. Seeing that that's at the core. Whether we, you know, follow the rules and think, oh, look, I'm so good at following the rules. Or whether we uh, think the rules are silly, so we reject them. Either way. If they're at the heart of Christianity for you, then that's not, then you, that's not what, how God has designed it. That's not what it's all about. Because either way, the solution is not to get rid of God's rules. God's rules are given to us as a gift. Not just to honour him in obedience, but to live well in this world. And so obedience to what the Bible teaches is good. And it's also the response of salvation. Trusting God that he is the wise one in terms of how we live and so God's people must follow God's rules. So we're not to get rid of all that the Bible teaches and how we should live. But instead, the solution to legalism is found in the man with the shriveled hand. Jesus asked him to stand up in front of everyone. Imagine if I did that, to, you know, if you had a deformed hand, you should surely be conscious, you know, very self-conscious of that. And here Jesus is asking them to stand up in the middle of the synagogue. But the man does it. And then even worse, Jesus asks him to stretch out his hand. It's like, it's bad enough you're getting me to stand up, but you know, do you want me to highlight what's wrong with me? He holds out his hand. How humiliating. But he does it. He trusts Jesus. He is willing to respond to Jesus and obey him. Even it meant complete humiliation in front of everyone. His hand was completely restored. He had received the mercy of God through Jesus. He gained life. Jesus was willing to give it and he trusted him for it. And so when we have a fear of God because of the rules, when we look down on others because of the rules, We need to turn to Jesus. We need to turn to him. Don't look to your own obedience to see that you are qualified for salvation. Look to Jesus to grant you mercy and salvation. It's trusting Jesus that brings you life. So may we trust him this week. Amen.